Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about whole life insurance and term life insurance. We're going to do the basic, like the two basic policies that were really started uh, in the life insurance industries. But before we dive into that, Alex, what are you drinking today? So today I'm drinking kind of the beer that that kicked it all off, at least for me, here in the Pacific Northwest. This is uh, Mac and Jack's African Amber. Uh, it's an unfiltered amber beer. Um, this takes me all the way back to like the beginning of, uh, you know, really just enjoying beer. It was like one of the first craft beers that I'd ever had. Um, and one of the first craft beers that, uh, you know, kind of really became, you know, super popular in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so, uh, it's made here in Redmond. Um, unshockingly, it was created by two guys, one named Mac and the other one named Jack. Um, and, uh, uh, this clocks in at 5.8%. Uh, it's an unfiltered amber, so it doesn't have a ton of IBUs. It clocks in at 30 there. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, like it's, uh, Mac and Jack's one of my favorite, one of my favorite beers as well. Like it's got that. to your point. I think it started a lot of us here in the Pacific Northwest on the, on the beer, uh, beer kick, especially the, the microbreweries. Yeah. The craft beer. So it's got that rich kind of amber color. And this, this is just, it's a delicious beer. Yep. So I'm going to rate it anyway, uh, even though I'm not drinking, I'm not feeling uh, the greatest today. So I am not drinking, but I'm going to give you a rating anyways, uh, because I've had this quite a bit and I'm going to give this a nine out of 10. Yeah. Uh, to me, this is a nine out of 10. It's, it, I, I love it. It's a great beer. Um, it, it's, it's been surpassed by a couple. Um, yeah. but man, this is still just like even, Two three decades later, it's still just a great beer. Absolutely. So make make sure you check them out. They're out of Redmond, Washington. Uh, they're a solid solid brewery. So mm-hmm. let's let's get into the the topic. Everyone's favorite topic is I like to joke about <laughs> life insurance, right? Like everyone's listening or driving right now. They're like, "Oh, great! Ryan and Alex are going to talk about me dying." Like, <laughs> um, life insurance isn't a fun topic. Uh, I frankly. Uh, is not my favorite topic to talk about just insurance in general. And then you talk about dying and protecting yourself around that. Like that's horrible as well, but it's vital um, to talk about. So you understand what it is that you're getting. And I think there's a lot of misunderstandings out there, Alex, around different products. Uh, I completely agree. Um, We're going to start out this conversation by saying uh, any life insurance is designed around death benefit. First Um, today, we're not going to be talking at all about amount of, uh, insurance. Um, this is really just comparing the characteristics and like why you would want term, why you would want permanent. Um, you can own both. And in like for, for anybody who owns permanent, they probably also should own some amount of term, um, simply for, for, from a cost standpoint and things of that nature. Um, sure. There's examples where you might not want to own term, um, but most of the time, just from a cost standpoint, it makes sense to own some amount of term um, as well as some amount of permanent. Um, and then the question is, okay, when and why? Um, and the, the ownership of permanent life insurance is really, it boils down to a, a financial planning conversation more than it does a protection conversation. The the amount of protection um, shouldn't be dictated by um, the discussion of permanent versus term. Uh, first and foremost, own the correct amount of of life insurance, um, secondly, decide how you want to own it. 
Yeah. So the today's episode, we're going to be focusing more on the, the, the just two policies, term insurance, which in the name, it kind of tells you a little bit about it, right? It's a policy that lasts a certain amount of years and normally expires. Uh, and then we're going to talk about whole life insurance, which is a form of permanent life insurance. And as that says, permanent life insurance, it lasts your entire life. Um, but there are other forms of permanent life insurance that we're not going to talk about today. We're going to talk about them in a, in a different episode. Um, and those type of policies are often called universal life insurance policies, variable universal life policies, indexed universal life policies, um, and second to die policies. Um, did I miss any, Alex? I mean, there's a few exotic variants, but those are the major ones. And yeah. it's, it's really just like, okay, there, know that there's other types of insurance out there. Um, we'll wind up doing a podcast on the various different types of insurance and why you'd want which one. Um, again, one of the things you'll hear us say consistently um, is that like all of these things, they're, they're all tools. Uh, they aren't inherently good. They aren't inherently bad. There is a reason why they were created. Um, there are maybe good and ver bad versions of the tools, but the tools themselves aren't good or bad. Um, and it's all about using the right tool for the right situation. Yep. So let's, let's dive into talking about, let's, let's talk about term insurance first here. Alex. Does that sound good? Yeah. I mean, it's the most basic form of insurance, right? You pay a premium, you receive a, a promise to pay at, at your passing. Um, most term is designed to be level for some period of time. Um, you know, common periods are 10, 15 and 20 years. Um, there are some term policies that are out there for 30 years. There's also some policies that uh, are like annually renewable and the cost goes up every year. So, uh, yeah. So the basic, like Alex just said, the, the basic, like first type of term insurance policy was an annual renewable term policy. And the way that policy would work is as we're sharing the screen here. So those of you that are in, maybe in your car listening, we'll try to, you know, obviously share with you verbally what, the, what we're looking at here, but make sure you check us out on YouTube as well, because uh, we'll be sharing the screen here. So you can see the visual side of how this works. But as Alex was just explaining, the, the death benefit is level, right? You buy into a life insurance policy, it pays a death benefit, right? And it pays a death-free or death-free, tax-free. Good gosh, death-free. Tax-free. Uh, income tax-free, it may still yes. be a state taxable. It may be, yeah. But it's level, right? So if you bought a million-dollar annual renewable term insurance policy, million dollars is is the, the benefit amount. The cost aspect of it, goes up every year. Every year you get eight, you age, the cost of an annual renewable term will go up. And so that's the basic structure of that. Now, as Alex was talking about the, the term insurance, the, the 10 year, 15 year, 20 year, 30 year, that time period, you pay a level premium. So actually the, this cost standpoint would be level for that period of time. And at the end of that time, so if you bought a 20 year term insurance policy, now the policy cost may start to go up just like this is showing you. And instead of may, it's almost will. Yeah. It, it's most it likely is in theory possible for it to not go up. Uh, in all likelihood, premiums are going to increase uh, after the end of that set time period of term. Um, it's typically better if you can go back and requalify, you'll wind up with better costs because the insurance company is assuming that it, that if you don't go back and do that, um, that you're uninsurable. And so the costs go up because of that. Yep. So this style of policy is the, from a 
from a cost perspective or price perspective is the most inexpensive policy out there because it only lasts a certain amount of time. Alex, you're going to say something. Yeah, it's the most cost effective at purchase. It may not wind up being the most cost effective over the length of the contract. And yeah, it depends it, on how long you keep the contract. There's a bunch of variables too there, but just like from a day one, this is the in, most inexpensive price point that covers you. And it makes sense because if you bought a 20 year policy, for example, so you bought into this level premium for 20 years, at the end of the 20 years, the policy kind of expires or you can renew it, but the cost is going to go up possibly depending on the structure that you've got. So the insurance company is only on the hook for a certain amount of time. And the weird thing about getting approved for life insurance is, well, the chances of you dying according to the insurance company is really, really low. Obviously you still want to get it because you never know what might happen. It's the, the possible result is so catastrophic that we're willing to pay something to prevent against the unlikely occurrence that you do pass away um, and that's why we own life insurance is so that like, we know that our families are taken care of. Exactly. And this policy, the chance of it paying out is very unlikely, which is why it keeps the policies, the the cost of it or the premium. If you hear us j- using jargon, it's the word premium uh, is rather low. Uh, the numbers say that roughly uh, somewhere just under 2% of term policies wind up paying out over some time during their uh, during the lifetime of the contract. Um, and that has to do with policies being either renewed. Um, and so the, the initial premium dollars were uh, unused um, or it gets canceled because it starts getting too expensive or, or whatever else. So um, only about 2% of these policies typically wind up paying out. And again, the reason why it's still valuable to go ahead and, and get is because it is wholly uh, un appetizing to go ahead and have like the, the consequences for dying too young um, are so catastrophic to the family and to the the loss of income. So that's on a very high level, how term life insurance works. So now let's transition over to whole life insurance. It's so a whole life insurance is really, it, is it the oldest policy? Is it the first policy ever to, to be made by an insurance company, Alex? Um, I believe so. I'm not sure like it, whether there if is it's a... not the first, it's like the second, like it's correct. It's one of the oldest policies out there. And this policy, it's called whole life, which in the name should tell you hopefully how this policy works. It doesn't, it lasts your entire life. Yeah. It's designed to last your entire life. It is possible for these things to lapse. Most of the time it's because you've made material changes to the policy, like ripping out all the cash value or not paying your premiums or things of that nature. So it's not as though you buy it and then it just lasts your entire life. You still have to make the premium payments and like not rip out all the cash value. Which we'll get to the cash value in a second here. Alex is jumping ahead. (laughs) Shocker. Cost point, right? Price point. It's a level premium or level cost. So when you buy into this type of policy, the premium or the cost of it is level. It never goes up. Okay. The death benefit, just like the life insurance, you purchase in and year one, you know, if we're comparing apples and apples, it might start at a million dollars, just like we were talking about the term life insurance. But as you're paying into the policy, the death benefit can grow over time, as you can see on the visual here. So it might end up in 30 years, you started a million, it might end up at $2 million, depending on funding and all that kind of fun stuff. 
Then there's a third component that Alex started talking into, and that component is called cash value. And so the way this cash value works is essentially the certain amount of premium dollars, the cost of the policy is going to the insurance side of the policy, and some amount of those dollars will go to cash value. Cash value is it's it's money sitting inside the policy that you can access. It's actually liquid. You can actually take this money out of the policy. During your lifetime. During your lifetime. Yep. Early on, the cash value isn't that great in terms of the growth of it, because as you can see, it's it's less than you put into the policy. So you might put, and I'm making up numbers here, $3,000 into the policy in year one, and you might only have like $100 of cash value in year one. But as you can see from the, the blue line here, the cash value, eventually the amount of money you put into it breaks even, and then the cash value actually grows, right? And each... And go ahead, Alex. Just to clarify, Ryan, there are a ton of different funding mechanisms. There are policy designs that have early cash value. Um, yes. So, like, so much of like, don't just take it as like, oh, there's never any cash value in year one. There is a ton of different design structures on this, and work with a professional to make sure that it is designed to fit your needs and your desires and your goals. So the cash value is made up of two two items, right? There's the the guaranteed side, and and whole life insurance policies have a change what that guaranteed side is. We're not going to get into what the exact numbers is numbers are because each insurance company is slightly different. But the cash value has a guaranteed growth aspect to it, and there's another aspect that gets paid into the policy with participating whole life insurance policies called a dividend. Oh, and the insurance company needs to be a mutual life insurance company. The reason we want it to be a mutual life insurance company is when the insurance company hat post profits, those profits go back to the policy holder. It doesn't have to be a mutual life insurance company. We just have a strong preference for that uh, because it tears down the conflict of interest on the insurance company side. If the with a mutual company structure, you as a policy owner or policy holder are also an owner of the insurance company as opposed to a stock-based company where they have the policyholders and then they have the shareholders and the insurance company is torn between which one comes first, the shareholders yeah. or the policyholders. Uh, we don't like having that conflict of interest. Um, we would prefer in this structure, in this style, to make sure that it is a mutually owned life insurance company. So yeah, so every year there's a, there may be a dividend that the insurance company kicks out. The insurance companies don't guarantee the dividend. There are insurance companies out there that have kicked off a dividend for a lot of years, like a hundred plus years, 150 plus years with most of the major mutual companies. Um, most of the major mutual companies have never not paid a dividend, but you need to make sure that you're you know working with a reputable company and that you understand what the history is. Yep. It's still not a guaranteed aspect, but yeah, 150 years of straight dividends. Like obviously there's a, a when we talk about track red record, that's okay. <laughs> right. So this cash value grows, it grows tax deferred. And as we already stated, you can access this money and there are ways to access the money tax free. We're not going to get into the ultra details of how to access the money and, and, and because loans withdraw like there's a bunch of stuff that we can do for these policies but just for the basic 
structure of how these policies work, your premium is paying for the cost of insurance as well as you're building an asset. The asset is called cash value. These are the two basic forms of life insurance. They're they're very different from the standpoint of like one expires. One is not an asset from a standpoint. Of, it's not building an asset. It's pure insurance. And that's the, that's the term insurance for the annual re- renewable term, in, uh, term insurance. The other is a life insurance policy first, right? The death benefit. And you can build an asset inside of the policy called cash value. And that's the whole life side. When comparing these two things, it's important to make sure that you're comparing apples to apples. Um, so if you're comparing a whole life policy to another place to put money, we want to make sure that we're comparing like kind to like kind. What that means is that we need to make sure that we are taking into account the cost of any term insurance. We need to make sure that we're taking into account the taxation of the life insurance and of the other vehicle. We also need to take into account the risk tolerance of whatever the other vehicle is. A whole life policy is not a variable investment and should not be compared to stock market or real estate market based investments that take on a lot more risk. Whole life has a guaranteed component to it. And most of the dividends have been paid consistently. If you're with a reputable company for 150 plus years, this is designed as a relatively safe and relatively secure financial asset. And it should be compared to those types of assets as opposed to being compared to something that is uh, volatile and securities based. Which one of these policies should you get? Well, that really comes into the financial planning aspect. There is not a one size fits all. So I want to be clear about that. And I think that is what a lot of the miscommunication or misnomers are out there because, you know, there are, there are people out there that say like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. There are other people saying it's the worst thing you could possibly do. And the fact of the matter is, is, it depends on your situation, depends on what you want in life. It depends. There's so many things. It's just, it's. Hey, Ryan, you're starting to sound like me. Yeah, I know. It depends. <laughs> I'm, I used to joke that I'm going to get you depends for your birthday, but I just want to be clear about that. And that's the one thing I get really frustrated about when I'm seeing in the media or I see on Twitter or at all the social media platforms, you've got the people on both sides of the aisle and the fact of the matter is, is you need to be looking at it for personally. What does, what is it you want to build? But, I mean, these, like it, it'd be like throwing blanket advice on anything. It's worth the paper that it's printed on. Yep. You need to make sure that the advice is tailored to your specific situation. Because if the person who's giving the advice thinks that you're making $500,000 and you're really making a hundred thousand, what, okay, there's going to be a boatload of assumptions that are baked into that advice that don't fit your circumstances and situation. And it means that the advice is going to be dramatically different based on your unique set of circumstances. Yep. Um, conversely, if you're making 500 K a year and the person's giving advice to somebody who's making hundred K again, there are significantly different assumptions that are going to be made. And so that advice is not tailored to you and doesn't fit your situation and circumstances. And that's why it's important, whether it's us or somebody else, it doesn't matter. Sit down with a professional and make sure that you understand why you're doing what you're doing, what the benefits are, what the drawbacks are, 
and what the alternatives are, because there are always going to be benefits and drawbacks to every single product that's out there. And there should always be a comparative analysis done of what are the alternatives. Absolutely. Which Alex, I think that takes us to the question of the day. Our question today is how have you considered what type of life insurance to buy? So head over to beerandmoney.net and at the top of the page, there's a spot for you to contact us. Maybe you don't want to answer that specific question, but maybe you have questions around what we spoke about today. So that's a great spot to interact with us. If if today's episode brought any kind of aha moments for you, right, where you learned something, share it with your friends, share it with your coworkers, share it with your family members, right? The whole reason we started this podcast is to give you all information so you can take actionable steps in your personal financial situation so you don't have to stress over money. You get to live the life that you want, spend the time with your family that you want and have the freedom to do so. And by freedom, I mean not having the stress of finances sitting there, being present with your family. I think what you're saying, Ryan, is to try and take the worry and concern off of somebody's shoulders to allow them to do the things that they enjoy doing, like spending time with their family or the other things that they love, whatever that may be. You said it better than I did. As always, we hope this episode. As always, we hope this episode was valuable for you. And Mr. Collins, cheers. This podcast is intended for general public use and for informational purposes only. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a financial representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Guardian and subsidiary agents and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Whole Life Insurance is intended to provide death benefit protection for an individual's entire life. With payment of the required guaranteed premiums, you will receive a guaranteed death benefit and guaranteed cash values inside the policy. All guarantees in any life insurance product are based on the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Dividends are not guaranteed and are declared annually by the issuing insurance company's board of directors. Any loans or withdrawals reduce the policy's death benefits and cash values and affect the policy's dividend and guarantees. Whole life insurance should be considered for its long-term value. Early cash value accumulation and early payment of dividends depend upon policy type and or policy design and cash value accumulation is offset by insurance and company expenses. Consult with your guardian representative and refer to your whole life insurance illustration for more information about your life insurance policy. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian.
Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, AR Insurance License, number 1531912. CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License, number 7264699. CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2023-160279, expiration August 2025.